Hey, Danny, how's it going? Hey, I'm doing well. How about yourself? Good, good. Um, we'll be joined by my co-host James in a little bit. He's taking care of something. But um, how have you been doing during the coronavirus so far? Yeah, I got nothing to complain about. Um, hope you're doing the same. You know, my, my family's been safe. Um, yeah, all, my, all my friends have been safe so far. Um, it's been chaotic, just like everywhere else. But, uh, you know, I got nothing to complain about on my end. Hope, hope the same for you as well. Yeah, so far it's been good. It's just boring, you know, not not working right now. Uh, my my co-host works in the city, so he has that at least. Uh, I'm just glad that sports are getting back, you know. Um, yeah, where are you located at? Are you in New York? I'm in Queens, and James is in Jersey. Gotcha, right on, okay. So, uh, how... How did you get with CBS Sports? Yeah, so um, when I was in college, I went to college on uh, the last college I went to, I should say. Uh, I was out in the Sacramento area. And are you familiar with Max Preps? Um, not sure. What is what so, that? Yeah, sure. So they're the uh, high school sports leader. So they uh, focus on high school stats, high school video, stuff like that. So... Their headquarters are located out in the Sacramento area, which was close to my college, and they're actually owned by CBS Sports. So uh, basically, I just kind of started at the bottom of the totem pole there, worked myself up to a social media producer there, and then um, a job opened up with CBS Sports, and I was already in contact with a couple of the guys there too. So one thing just kind of led to another, and um, got in contact with our editor too, and that's how I started writing too. So um, it's it's a good company to work for. I'm really happy to be where I'm at. So a little over half hour ago, you put up a pretty interesting poll question, where if you could be a professional athlete for 20 years, but knew you would immediately die after those 20 years, would you do it? So far, 220 votes, 20% yes, 72% no. Would you do it? I don't know. We were, it's funny you brought this up because we were just um, chopping us up in our Slack channel between a bunch of the coworkers and, and me, and I just kind of randomly threw it up there, and people kind of latched onto it a little bit here. Um, I personally wouldn't do it just because I personally have other ambitions and other goals and other priorities within my life, but... Um, you know, some people, that's all they want to do is be a professional athlete. So it's interesting to see that 27% so far, um, out of the 227 votes, it looks like would, would do it. Um, I, I personally, you know, I want to build a family. I want to um, become as much of a successful writer and, and journalist as I would an athlete. I, I think I kind of gave up those ambitions long ago, back when I was playing. So um, personally, I would say no, but it is definitely interesting to see the results so far. Um, if you could cover out of the many baseball California teams, which team would you like to cover and why? Well, right now with my job, I kind of have a cool angle um, in that I kind of cover all the teams nationally, which is uh, a nice perspective to have just because I, I don't have to focus on any one team. So normally there's a lot of storylines going on and we're never short for content. But that being said, I grew up in Northern California. I grew up a Giants fan. Um, you know, being 
um, a, a sole reporter for the San Francisco Giants would certainly be a, a great job. I, I really like the Bay Area. Uh, it's a great place to be. And so it, it, if I were to pick one team, uh, it would either be the Giants or the Padres just because I, I truly love the San Diego area too. So either of those two gigs would be a blessed opportunity, that's for sure. Yeah, from from 2010 through 2014 when they were just winning every other year, that was a fantastic thing to see. You know, you had Kung Fu Panda, you had Posey, you had Crawford, you had, you had Bumgarner. You had Romo. Um, what was the other? What was the other the closer who who had that beard? Uh, Brian Wilson. There you go. There you go, Brian Wilson. And uh, that was that was a very good team. A lot of people wouldn't consider that a dynasty. Would you? Would you consider that a dynasty? Oh, one hundred percent. There's not too many teams that have won three championships in five years. Dynasty is such a subjective word um, but when you put it in the context uh, with the history of baseball there's been very few teams to have, again won three championships in five years uh, they're very few and far between a lot of people consider a dynasty of dominating a certain decade but to me it's whether you're dominating an era and in my opinion the era of the early 2010s was dominated by the San Francisco Giants were they the best team of the 2010s probably not if, if we're talking about talent um, you know, th- there were definitely more talented teams. They just got hot at the right time, it seemed like. And um, But you can't take away their success just because they weren't the most talented team. They clearly showed that they were the most dominant team of the 2010s. They were the only team in 2010s or 2000s to win uh, three championships in either of those decades. So uh, I certainly would consider it a dynasty personally. But, you know, I am a California guy, so I'm sure there's some subjectivity in there. You know what it is? Sometimes you're right. You don't got to be the best. It's all about chemistry. And with with me being a Piston fan, this will always take me back to that team that beat the Lakers, right? No one on that team is great. If you took each one of those individual players, Chauncey Billups, Tayshaun Prince, Rip Hamilton and the Wallaces, right? They're average players. But when you put them all together and they know that one goal, that's what makes it fantastic. So sometimes you don't have to be the 1927 Yankees. If you click at the right time, which is why in a 60-game season, I don't think it could happen. But a team like the Twins, a team like the Blue Jays, a team like the Mets could get hot and they could hoist the trophy. What, what, what's your thoughts on that? We can see some weird things happen. I'm not going to, um, you know, jump on a pedestal and, and scream to everybody who I think is going to win a World Series this year because there's just so much uncertainty and we're in such uncharted territory. And I really want to see how teams maneuver throughout these next few weeks. And, um, you know, there's still a lot of questions around whether there will be a season or not. So, um, to your point, there's only 60 games. Everybody's in a 60-game race and a 60-game sprint right now. We could see a team get hot. Do I think it's the Blue Jays? Do I think it's blank? I don't know. I will say that I think a team that might be too young to um, take on a 162-game season but has the talent to win some games and put together a winning stretch I think definitely has a chance. So. Um, a team maybe like the Tampa Bay Rays, a team like the yeah. Oakland A's, a team like the San Diego Padres, the Chicago White Sox. Those are four teams that are all 
have a lot of young talent. They might be a year or two away from really becoming contenders, but in a season like this one is, where it's only 60 games, and all you need to do is kind of find lightning in a bottle here and there and just kind of go on a hot stretch, those are four teams that certainly have the talent. And in a weird season like this, I wouldn't be surprised if we saw some weird things happen. On the Michael K. show today, uh, Mike, Michael was saying that he thinks the only way that a sport would cancel the season, specifically Major League Baseball, because they have a whole season to play, is if is if someone dies. Right? Would you agree? Personally, no. I, I don't agree with that. Um, I really hope it doesn't come to that. I, I really hope that they would cancel the season before that happens. I understand that some things happen that you can't really stop, but um, personally, this is just my opinion, if the cases start to, or I shouldn't say start to, continues to really increase and it starts to hinder the season, and, and not just hinder the season, but really staple an asterisk to the season more than it already is, I think that's when they would stop the season. And they mentioned that, Major League Baseball mentioned that in the new um, deal that they made, they basically said that if players are going down like flies and you're seeing teams um, basically shut down to their minor league players because a lot of their stars are getting um, sick, a lot of the faces of baseball are getting sick, and it's just at, at what point do you ask yourself, you know, is it worth it? And I really hope they ask that question before someone gets seriously ill. And I have confidence in Major League Baseball and everyone involved that they will have an idea of when things are getting that bad. Yeah, I agree. That's why if I'm guys like Mike Trout and Garrett Cole and, you know, I'm having my first baby, right, because... Garrett's wife, Amy, who's actually Brandon Crawford's sister, right? She's due any day now. So, if it was me, I wouldn't even play. I would just say, listen, I have eight more years of a $324 million contract. I have nine or ten more years of a $400-plus million contract. I want to stay home, help my wife with... And, and be with my baby, what would you do if you were in that situation? I personally think it's a case-by-case thing. Um, I think evidently with Ian Desmond showing off why, or telling us why he is going to opt out and not play this season. Right. Um, guys like Ryan Zimmerman, um, there's a few other guys that have come out as well. Um, it, there's different issues at hand. There's a handful of issues at hand. It's been a really strange year. It's been a hard year for a lot of people. And so, personally, I don't, I don't want to step into Mike Trout's shoes or Garrett Cole's shoes because... Well, one thing for you. Let's let let's say your wife, your wife or girlfriend is pregnant and that would be your first baby. And you had a contract out that would lock you up. Would you play or stay home? I would definitely be hesitant. I would definitely take all the measures and talk to a lot of people about it. Um... Personally, if, if I'm in good health and the system is set up for me to stay healthy, um, and I, I believe in the system, I, personally, I would probably play. I'm not saying Mike Trout should or should not play, but right. I will say if I was in a similar situation, I would take all the precautions and, and kind of go from there. I, I, de- I definitely respect that. And so far, 
I haven't seen because because pe- people on Twitter sometimes can get really crazy. You know, so far I've seen a couple of tweets where they've been getting at players, but I don't think you should if it's for a health concern, right? Or or maybe you know for for movement. I'm not, I'm not sure if that's cool or not, but if if you know some someone has a you know health concern. Or, or even look at Anthony Rizzo, right? He had cancer at one point, and he said that he plans to play. So I give that major, major respect. I'm not sure if I could do that. Personally, in my opinion, I don't care if somebody has an underlying health issue. I don't care if they don't have an underlying health issue. If they don't want to play this year, who are we to condemn them for not playing? There's a serious global pandemic going on. Um, whether they're health conscious whether they're at risk for this virus i don't think it matters personally if they don't want to play they don't want to play it's not just the players that are risking their health they're risking their family's health as well so you know for example if somebody has a sister or somebody has an uncle and they see them on a regular basis um, they're now putting their uncle or their sister at risk because while they would try to stay away from their sister uncle hopefully you never know how this virus could you know, transfer over to another person or how another person could contract it. So it's more than just the players we're talking about. It's families of the players. It's coaches involved. It's clubhouse members. A lot of people out there are saying, well, these players are in great shape. They have really good immune systems for the most part. But at the same time, we're not just talking about the players. We're talking about equipment managers. We're talking about clubhouse personnel and a lot of coaches who are normally 60 and above who are normally at risk um or i should say 50 and above a lot of the coaches are 50 and above um they're certainly considered at risk and so there's more yeah. at stake here it's not just the players look look at the guy in the cubs he's 38 the pitching coach he's perfectly healthy and he the virus is out of his body now but through through the past thirty days, um, they were saying that he still is having breathing problems, and and stuff like that. So it just goes to show you that this virus takes a toll. On uh, and uh, so lately, especially today, there's been talks about you know the NBA. Is it smart to do the bubble? And the the main reason of it is that. They're not sure if the players are gonna be able to withstand certain activities. Um, what what what's your thoughts on that? Yeah, as of right now, Major League Baseball is not playing under a bubble, so I can't really speak in regards to Major League Baseball. Um, NBA players, yeah, I'm sure it's gonna be really tough to stay in that bubble, um, especially if you're a team going on a championship run. I don't know the exact rules of how you can leave the bubble, how you can't leave the bubble. So, um, to be honest, I can't really give a, a well. It's 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 on once it. you're, it's it's once you're in the hotel, you you can't leave at all until until your team is out. So, if you're a team like the Lakers or the Bucks or the Clippers, you'll probably be there the whole six seven weeks. Yeah, so just like any other batch, there's going to be some bad apples. And by bad apples, I don't mean they're bad people in this case. I'm saying there's going to be somebody wanting to break the rules. There's going to be somebody wanting to see their wife at some point. Somebody wanting to see 
um, somebody, one of their loved ones. There's definitely going to be some temptations down there. So I'm lucky to be home with you know my family and, and healthy here. I certainly want, wouldn't want to be in that situation. That's for sure. So you're lucky enough, you know, being out on the West Coast, you always, or or more likely than not, get to see Mike Trout play. Um, there's been problems with possibly going to game. Uh, how how do you think baseball can do better at that? Yeah, I think Major League Baseball as a whole and, and fans and, and critics need to do a better job at just promoting and um, raising the game for and, and embracing the game for what it is. Too much and, and too often we have analysts um, and some even broadcasters sometimes uh, normally some older players or ex-players and they they crash down on a lot of this new style whether it be bat flips whether it be um, you know the new, the new yeah. style of baseball needs to be embraced and personally I don't think we're doing a, a good enough job as a whole from the writers from myself to um, everyone involved I think Major League Baseball is they're progressing they really are they're doing a, a much better job um, over the last couple of years they've also done a better job of allowing people to create content on social media which is great for the game and great for the players guys like Pitching Ninja Rob Friedman uh, guys like John Boy there's, there's a lot of really great content creators on social media that help promote the game and help promote the players and Major League Baseball has done a better job lately of allowing these creators to create content whereas before they were handing out copyright um, yeah, battles to these yeah. different different creators and so that it was just a bad look and it was shunning people for embracing the game and so they're doing a better job of it but I think we all can do a better job going forward yeah, because I, I remember last year, you know, Madison Bumgarner so serves up a beach ball, and Max Muncy hits it, you know, 400 plus foot into the bay, and he has a problem with that. So I I think what they could do is maybe don't suspend the hitters, right? And then maybe if you suspend the starter for complaining or or hitting back maybe 20 maybe 15 20 games right because 15 would be two or three starts you know 25 would be three or four starts and where that's a real punishment because a lot of people came gave problems when Tim Anderson did his bachelor boss last year so it's like you say let let the kids play but you give a, you give a starting pitcher a three-day or five-game suspension. That's either one start or zero starts. So it's not it's not really letting the kids play. It's just saying okay, you you can complain and we're gonna be okay with that. It's kind of hypocritical, right? Yeah, I, I don't think there's any way to punish a guy for just complaining or being kind of a guy old guy yelling at the clouds type situation. But if they do, the pitcher does retaliate for a bat flip. There's definitely certain measures, but I think the biggest punishment they can get is being um, you know, criticized by their own peers, by their own teammates, by their own um, opponents. Because trust me, Madison Bumgarner was hearing it 
he might not have heard it from his own teammates, but his own teammates were probably talking in the dugout and saying, you know, Bum's got to chill here. Okay, this is like, this is how we play. So I think, yes, a suspension, you you could suspend guys for retaliation. Yes, you could suspend guys for maybe going over the top or being critical to the media or or whatever the case. But I think the biggest punishment of it all is not – um, not transitioning with the times and if you don't transition with the times you're going to get left behind and so I think that's probably the greatest punishment of them all and then with the 60 game season obviously there's no rules you know pitchers get to use a wet towel starting from extra innings you get a man on second base I'm not a big fan of that no arguing if you if you instantly argue with the umpire or get too close to the umpire you get ejected. You know what's what's your what's your thoughts on all that? And you know, fresh baseballs every other play. What 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 do you think of all those rules? Yeah, I think at this point they're creating drastic measures, and and for good reason. Um, it's the same reason that if you go to a beach or if you go to a park, um, not necessarily park. I should say beach. If you go to a beach. Um, it says no alcohol. We all know everybody brings alcohol to the beach. It's not going to stop anyone, and they don't really enforce it. Uh, they might enforce it to a slight degree, but not. You know, they're definitely not super strict. And so, if we're talking about the spitting, it, I don't know how they're going to enforce every. They they won't be able to provide seeds or any or any kind of chewing gum, anything like that, in the dugout. So that will certainly help the situation. But to say they're be able to enforce every single sunflower seed, every single spit. It's unrealistic. In Major League Baseball, they're not dumb. They're smart people in there. They know they're not going to be able to enforce every single spit. Um, at the same time, if, if they have it out there that it is a rule, you're going to have rule followers and you're going to have guys that want to go against the rules. So if they can give the rule followers a guideline to follow, it could help You know, bring the um, situation down from what it was, or bring the numbers down from what it would have been. So, in in regards to the new rules, the universal DH and, and the runner starting on second base and extra innings, I personally am for both those rules. Um, first of all, for the universal DH, there's nothing that drives me more crazy than a guy on second and third with two outs, eight hitters coming up, and you give the guy a ball four because the pitcher's coming up. Um, it's automatic every time. It's a rally killer, entertainment killer. It hurts the game, in my opinion. Um, we want more action, and we deserve more action. It's a good rule. And secondly, for the runner on second base, I think it's a good rule because, first of all, we're in this situation because of health. We're in this situation that we're only playing 60 games because of health, because of fear of the virus. And if we're asking players and teams to play 15, 16, 17 inning, extra inning games, um, you're putting the health um, of these players at risk. And, and we're talking about the health of their arms, their shoulders, because you're asking guys to pitch more innings. You're asking guys to go lengthier outings. So I personally am in favor of both of those rules. All right. All right. Hey, James, what we're with Danny. How's it, how's it going, man? Uh, good, good, good. You know, um, I'm glad to be back. Um, yeah, sorry about that, but I'm sorry for my delay entrance. But um, Danny, um, good. How are you doing, man? Yeah, good to hear from you. Glad to hear that, man. Home, all right. Doing good over here. How about you? 
uh, you know, good. Um, just have to make it back to Jersey. Had to take care of some things back in New York, but it is what it is. Um, so um, I have to ask um, since um, I'm sure you know my buddy Nicky was talking. You get the intros and the pleasantries and all the questions asked already. So I gotta ask this question specifically about baseball season. Um, how confident are you that baseball can actually pull this off? Yeah, I think they wouldn't have gone through all these negotiations and talks and, and day-long meetings if they weren't confident it would work. At the same time, nobody knows exactly how this virus is going to respond to all the measures we're taking. Nobody knows. Uh, nobody's an expert in this virus, even if they say they are. Uh, so um, I think they're very confident it'll work. At the same time, they're going to have an emergency plan for if the virus is taking a toll on the players. They're going to have a plan in place for, and they're going to have to know at what time is it to, you know, call it as, you know, say, let's look forward to 2021. It's not worth it to put our, the health of our players at risk. So um, I, I'm confident there's going to be a season that I'm sure the league is as well. Um, going back into a little what we were just talking about with the new things, how weird is it going to be Let's say Mike Trout's on second base and Anthony Rendon hits a base hit up the middle. Trout's running around third. Trout scores. Angels win in walk-off fashion. Are these players just going to freeze and do air claps? Like, how hard is it going to be not to do the Gatorade bath? How hard is it not going to be to, to jump on Trout to, to pull off Rendon's jersey? How weird do you think it will show up on TV? Yeah, I, I think there's just going to be a vibe or a, a feeling in the air that there's a border between what's allowed and what's not allowed. Um, so it, it's almost your subconscious thinking for you. Uh, when you're celebrating and, and you're thinking about jumping on a guy or you're thinking about ripping off his jersey, um, whatever it may be, you have your subconscious telling you, you know what, there's greater issues at hand. Um, and like I said, it's your subconscious, so you're almost not thinking about it. So if that situation were to arise, I think players know from within what they should do, what they shouldn't do, even if they're not thinking coherently about it. So we, it could be very strange to watch. At the same time, I, I don't think there's going to be a security guard, you know, spacing people out and telling them, hey, don't don't high-five them there, don't don't fist pump them there. So, um, you know, it could be very strange, and there, there's definitely some measures that they're going to be taking, but in the moment, the subconscious will take over. Um, speaking of baseball, um, baseball probably has the most at-risk score compared to the other sports with both the NBA and the NHL in their bubble. Um, do you think that after hearing what Jeter has said in, in his podcast with the Marlins, both calling both the owners and players out, could they, could they try to do, could they learn from what they've, what they've you know, done with their negotiations just for this season so that they can be better once the CBA expires after next season? Yeah, I, I really hope so. That's for sure. Um, if not, it was a war not worth fighting for either side because, unfortunately, the owners were so far left and the players were so far right, and they just they really didn't inch towards one another as quickly or as um, progressively as they should have. So um, 
like you said, there's a CDA coming up and they need to find a way to jump into each other's shoes and see things from a different perspective. And that's both sides I'm talking about. I think the players need to step into the owner's shoes and the owners need to step into the player's shoes. Um, and they need to do it uh, before the negotiations happen. Because if you jump into a negotiation and you jump into these talks and you start hearing things in your left ear and you hear, start hearing other things in your right ear, uh, you might get conflicted. And so they need to see things from another perspective before the negotiations happen so that it can kind of give some empathy and some sympathy towards both sides. With a shortened season and owners losing money, do you think bets could still get possibly a 10-year, $300 million plus dollar contract? Oh, yeah, 100%. It, uh, the owners have plenty of money right now. If they, if, if they say they don't have enough money to pay Mookie bets, they don't want Mookie bets. There's going to be a suitor out there that will pay Mookie bets what he deserves. It will not be pennies on the dollar. Mookie bets is... Uh, the second best player in this game probably um, behind Mike Trout and he will get paid 300 plus million dollars and it doesn't matter if there is a season this year or there isn't he will get his money um, also also speaking with, um, with baseball um, what, what, what do you think would baseball have to do this year when they start playing to try to, to try to like draw because what's happening, you know, they know it's going to be ratings, the sports are going to return, especially in these conditions, but they're already checked off a lot of fans. Do you think that they could win some of the fans over once play resumes? Because sports fans are very fickle. Yeah, absolutely. I think the you know, time heals all wounds. So, I mean, in this case, there were definitely some people ticked off about the negotiations, and it hurt them because they got their hopes up, and time and time again, they were crushed. So, at the same time, you mentioned ratings. The ratings are going to be off the roof. Like the, the, the quality of game is going to be fantastic because it's 60 games. We're already in a playoff race. We haven't even started the season. All 30 teams are in this playoff race, and it's going to be exciting. There's going to be teams pushing the envelope every single game because it's such a condensed season. And, you know, personally, I've been – watching golf and soccer and NASCAR exclusively lately, and that has never been the case in my entire life. I've never been a golf, NASCAR, or um, soccer guy or, or, or fan, but because of my wanting to just reach for anything sports-related, I've definitely been watching a lot lately. So for fans that might not be baseball fans, and they just want something to escape from, uh, from the harsh realities of what have been going on in our world lately, uh, baseball is going to provide an outlet, hopefully. And so I think they'll definitely win some fans back and even some people that weren't fans before. So some people been saying that what could be a, a pretty good opening day, Yankees Nationals, and you possibly get Garrett Cole, Max Scherzer. If, if you are a non-baseball fan and you really didn't know who Max Scherzer was, who Garrett Cole was, but you heard it could possibly be a very good first game. Would you watch? Uh, yeah, it just would depend, I guess. I mean, um, just just because it's sports, because no, no no NBA yet, right? No hockey yet. Sure, I mean, if I knew nothing about baseball and I saw opening day, I would certainly turn it on. But it's hard to say just because I grew up a sports fan and. 
um, have been for so long. So if I wasn't a sports fan and there was nothing on TV, I, I, I might flip to it. Now, I put up a poll on my Twitter um, a while ago, and the NFL wants, play wants to have fans, but in order for that to, in order for them to happen, they, fans must sign a waiver claiming that whatever happens, if you, con- if you contract COVID-19, they are not responsible for what happens to you and you cannot sue them. So, do you think baseball, whenever they allow fans, whether it's sometime later this year or next year, whenever the case that is. Do you think baseball will do that step and sign waivers for fans to, from going forward? Because me and Nick think that, we talked about this a month ago, about all sports leagues should do that. Should baseball also get on that as well? Personally, I say no. I, I don't think we should allow fans back in the stands. This is just my personal opinion, but I don't think we should allow fans back in the stands until we have some way to combat this virus, whether it be a vaccine, whether it be um, a steroid drug, whatever it is. I I just personally don't think it's worth the risk. I want to be at a ballpark as much as the next person. I want us all to return to normal. Um, I I just don't think it's worth forcing people to, or not forcing people, people because it is their choice to sign a waiver. Um, But I I just don't think it's worth it because if you're having people sign a waiver, um, those people might not care about spreading the virus or contracting the virus, but the people that they interact with at a grocery store might care. So I I personally don't think that would be the right choice. Fair enough. Um, Another thing, another thing, speaking of baseball, um, do you think that that, um, this year going forward, you said every team – Every team is going to be in the playoff race. The 60 games, the sprint of the finish is no longer a marathon. Do you think that we can see a record injury because you're only giving players about a few weeks to prepare? Not even a few weeks, yeah, about a few weeks to prepare. So do you think we're going to see a lot of injuries happen this year? Like, look at the Yankees. that had a record amount of players on the DL last year. I, I hope not. Um, I, I, I think that we're giving the players enough time to get back up to speed, and I think managers understand the situation that these pitchers are going to be in. So um, the coaches are smart. Organizations are smart. They're going to have pitch limits on certain guys that need to have uh, pitch limits. So, you know, we're given, I say we, I should say Major League Baseball is giving players three weeks for a modified spring training or summer camp is what they're calling it. So I think that's plenty of time. Are they going to be in – World Series playoff form? No, they're not. It's going to be a little scrappy. It's going to be a little backyard baseball, but I think that could be certainly pretty fun. And, um, you know, like I said earlier, health is the reason we're in this situation. Health is the reason we're only playing 60 games. So if any of these players' health becomes a concern, may it be via the virus, may it be via a shoulder issue, whatever the case, um, I think they're going to be extra cautious this entire year. I agree. Um, I also now I also was thinking about like you're looking at the protocols. Um, you're looking at like the list of you know, the list of um, things in that little small proxy about health concerns. You're testing everyone right now with baseball. When they're coming in, they're getting their test. Do you think that like baseball is able to have have um, limited like 
able to keep up with this protocol and try to keep things in the bubble. You know there's no going to be no fans this year. So can baseball, A, continue to do emphasize on reminding players about being safe, and B, more importantly, once the games kick in, that first maybe game or so without the fans, is it going to feel different for you personally? I know everyone's different, but for you personally, that first game, that, that Yankee National game, and you don't hear, and you don't hear no fans, are you, are you going to feel weird about that, or is it going to feel different to you, or what? Uh, to answer your first question, I think there's enough personnel involved and there's enough testing and they are taking all the measures. So I, I personally think they will be able to stay up with the protocol. It's going to get obnoxious. It's going to get annoying for the players and everyone involved to having to do all these, these tests, if not on a weekly basis, on a, on a daily basis. It's going to get um, very obnoxious for them and they're going to get annoyed at times, but that's drastic times call for drastic measures and so I, I don't think they're going to be they're going to at all slack in that regard um, and go ahead it's very funny that you just said that because I just saw a tweet that the Red Sox informed their players that they're going to get tested every other day from here on throughout the season and that there was a bunch of players that did get annoyed about that yeah, it's certainly, I mean, if I was getting tested every day, I would feel the same way about the same time if I had a job to do, and if that's how I'm going to provide for my family, that's just kind of what you have to do sometimes. Um, to answer your second question, yeah, it will definitely feel different without any fans in the stands. You know, when I was watching ABO baseball the last couple months, it's been very entertaining, and it's been awesome to watch at the same time. Not having a crowd cheer after a home run hit, um, it's a strange vibe. It's it's different. It'll take some getting used to. I think the game will still be just as fun and exciting, but there will be a missing piece, that's for sure. Um, Yesterday, the A's tweeted out that they're going to let fans put their pictures on cardboard cutouts. The lowest is $49, and the highest is 126 And with that highest... If the ball hits your cutout, you you get that ball. Do you like that idea? I, mean, I personally think it's a pretty solid advertising move by the Oakland A's and San Francisco Giants. Um, I personally wouldn't pay that much to have a, a cutout of me and, and get a ball, but there's a lot of fans that I'm sure will take them up on that offer and, and take advantage of the opportunity. Uh, it's a good marketing move by both organizations, and it's kind of a fun way to you know, get interact with fans a little bit more. And obviously every year they have players weekend. Um, I'm not sure if they're going to do that this year, but what I was thinking about yesterday that maybe kind of let them personalize their cleats throughout the whole entire season, whether it's about black lives matter or if it's a person that they know who died for COVID, you know, and then, proceeds could go to a, spe- a specific charity what, what would you think if they did something like that yeah I think that's a great idea I think it should be up to the players I personally have been against cleat um, dress codes if or cleat codes for years now I think I remember Brian Wilson back a few more than a few years back now I guess uh, he got in trouble for having orange cleats and he got fined for it I think it's ridiculous I think if you want more young kids to enjoy the game of baseball and if you're trying to attract more young fans there should be no 
restrictions. I think these players, you know, they should be able to wear that what they want to wear, and then to support a cause like that and to give them the freedom to speak out about the issues at hand and the social issues at hand could certainly be a good thing for just adding to the voice, adding to the subject, and um, you know, giving it the platform that it deserves. Now you know that um, um, in, in basketball, the court in Orlando is going to be painted Black Lives Matter. Um, the great idea is not bad, um, but uh, do you think baseball should? Um, I personally don't think this is the way to go. But should you think baseball do the same thing with what the NBA, what the NBA is doing, and spray paint like their fields to BLM or any? social change? I think personally um, some of those moves they're great and and they're great to see Uh, at the same time I think it can be a little bit of smoke and mirrors I think each organization needs to do what they need to do and I I personally think putting spray paint on the field of Black Lives Matter it's great it's a nice gesture but I personally just hope that they take more action and take it from within themselves and I say them that's including myself and my own job too and all of us as writers and in the media, all of us can just do a better job of acting instead of putting out media that we are for blacks, that we're for um, equality, that we put more of these words into action. So, you know, it it would definitely be a nice gesture, um, but I think it's, um, you know, to to his own, to, to whatever organization wants to do what they need to do. I think every organization is different. The other day, um, I'm not sure if they went against it, but a lot of backlash has been around Jersey Mike's. And uh, they want to change a sandwich. Like, like, like instead of calling it bacon, lettuce, tomato. And, and, they, and they use the words kind of for Black Lives Matter. Uh, I, I thought that was pretty stupid. What's your thoughts on something like that for both of you? I didn't see that story, so I really can't comment on that. James? Uh, I need to read more in depth on that story as well, so I need to... Once I read more of that story, I will give you um, I will give you a better comment. Alright. Um, um, here's a big one for me. Now, we've, now I'm going to try to talk actual baseball, because <laughs> so, I know we've been talking a lot of like, the issues before the game, but let's, but now the games are going to start. And obviously, I'm a Yankee fan, Nick's a Yankee fan. Yankees are the prohibited favorites right now to have a win the World Series along with the Dodgers. Do you see that playing out? Because baseball is so tricky, especially the 60 game season. Do you think the Yankees and Dodgers will finally meet in the World Series for the first time since 1980? Or will it be something, sorry, 1981, I'm off, 1981, or is it going to be something different? I, I think I spoke about this earlier. I, I don't want to say any type of predictions now just because so much can change. Um, you know, God forbid Garrett Cole contract a virus, but let's say Garrett Cole contracts coronavirus, it could really change the entire landscape. So I, I, I don't want to give any bold predictions. Both teams are incredibly talented this year. The Yankees are absolutely stacked, and they're going to be healthy, which is most important for them because that's really what they've struggled with is injuries. They're going to be healthy. Paxton, Judge, um, these guys are going to be healthy. 
healthy come opening day, whereas the previous opening day of had we had a 162-game season, they were not expected to be healthy. So they're going to be healthy going into the sprint. And as for the Dodgers, they have tons of depth, which I think could really help them with this universal DH role. They're going to be able to stick Kiki Hernandez. They're going to be able to stick Jock Peterson into that DH role. And they're going to have another bat in their lineup. So it certainly could help them. And, yeah, those are two teams that are going to be contenders. There's no doubt about it. Yeah, I I really like who the Dodgers have with Will Smith, with Gavin Lux. You'll hopefully you'll get you know a healthy Corey Seager. Um, Ju- Justin Turner might be able to do a little DH as well, and uh, Walker Bueller, along with like Jack Flaherty, he's he's probably one of the biggest young stars in this game, and I think ratings bonanza. Would definitely be Yankees Dodgers World Series. I think that's the kind of thing that a lot of people would choose to watch. Yeah, no, you get the two biggest markets in America um, facing off against one another. It'd be good for baseball and, and good for the sport. That's for sure. Um, I've had this argument. I've had this debate, and please show this debate for me. Because oh, I'm going to quiz, because I want to be hanging on the rim again. Uh, so, please tell me, if you were to pick between Aaron Judge and George Springer, between those two players, who would who would you pick? Uh, I mean, uh, that's, that's a tough question. I mean, both are really good. I'd say probably pick Springer just because he's been more healthy. What? My man Danny, that's that that's my main thing about it. You know, pe- people pe- people don't look at that man. Games played is very valuable. Also, George Springer is a center fielder, so he covers a lot a lot more ground than Aaron Judge does. He scores more runs than Aaron Judge does. They 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 both pretty much hit for contact, right? Judge Judge hits for his hits for more power. And Springer. It also depends on the question, too, because if, if you're asking me who's the better player right now, I would Sorry, Springer. Um, if you're yeah. asking me who I'd rather who I'd rather start a franchise with, I would say Judge, because Judge is six years younger. Right. Don't be don't be over dramatic, you little girl. I was hanging on the rim yesterday and now now, now the room has been like cut off. I, I'm, I, I am, I am bamboozled. That's what you get for. <laughs> anyway. tri- that's what you get for trying to repeat on me. All right. <laughs> Anyways, um, a couple more questions before we go to rapid fire. Um, I think the biggest key, especially with, 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 with teams like say the Marlins and the Orioles, you know those teams in a not an under sixty game season, you would never think of these teams as playoff contenders. From the 15 season, weird fluky things could happen. Now, I highly doubt that the Marlins and Orioles and those teams are going to make it, but if you have to take a guess, and this is just a shout out, because we know those teams are not going to make it. But if you were to bet out of those teams, who would have a beat, who would have a chance to actually sneak in to this postseason, who would you take, the Orioles or the Marlins? I personally don't think either team will find that lightning in a bottle, but if I were to choose one of the two who could maybe put together a stretch, it would be the Marlins just because 
their rotation was really solid last year and it really never got the attention it deserved. Um, their lineup is atrocious. They don't have any power. They don't have any production, really. But, um, you know, they had pitching last year. So if, if, if we're going to pick either of those teams to put up some kind of run, I, I don't think either. But if I were to have to pick one, I would probably pick Miami. I'll probably say the same thing. And um, one more before one more before rapid fire, I gotta ask you this question. Um, I'm gonna say this about the New York, the other New York team, the Mets. And I personally think before this season started and before coronavirus, I thought I had the Mets as a sleeper team for their rotation and how good that team could because they last year they had um 86 wins and. They couldn't. They were making a run in the second half. Now, without without um, Noah, which is a big loss for them, and their rotation took a hit. How do you see the Mets playing out this year? Uh, it's tough because them and the A's are two teams that I'm a little concerned about, just because both of those squads typically get off the slow starts. Um, typically it takes both those teams to figure out who's going to be there in their everyday lineup. Sometimes both squads find lightning in a bottle in a minor leaguer and they pull them up halfway through the year and it really helps guide them to a playoff push. At least that's been the case in, in recent history here. So I think the Mets are incredibly talented. It's definitely a big loss and not having no Syndergaard. But, you know, both those teams are, like I said, very talented and could right be in the thick of things. I agree. Now, we're going to end this with what we call rapid fire. Um, I'm going to ask you some baseball questions off the top of, off the top, off, and you're going to give me the answer off the top of your head. Okay. Who do you think in the shortened season um, benefits the most? A guy like Aaron Judge or a guy like Giancarlo Sanders? Uh, if Giancarlo can... And stay healthy, a guy like Giancarlo. If he can win over the Yankees fans, I'll say Giancarlo. Uh, who, the, um, who, 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 in your opinion, wins the American League Cy Young? Um, uh, that's that's tough. Um, I mean, Garrett Cole is going to be right in the thick of things, that's for sure. Uh, uh, I don't know, honestly. I, I mean, I, if I were to pick one, I guess I would just go Garrett Cole. Now, in the national in the National League, um, who do you think is the biggest threat to the Dodgers, the Cardinals or the Braves? Uh, between the two, or, or just in yeah, the National yeah, League yeah. overall? Oh, just between the two, just between those two. The Braves, no doubt. The Cardinals are a little older. Um, they're, they're very good defensively, but they don't have as much pop in their lineup. Are, do the Nationals win a division, or is it some, or do the Braves do? Well, there won't be divisions this year, so it'll be a little a little different because they're going to have their East, West, and uh, Central. But um, I, I think they're going to be. I think they might struggle with a little bit of a World Series hangover, but I, they have plenty of talent still left on that roster too. So, um, do do the Rays do the Rays make do the Rays make some noise um, right now in the in the in the American League? Yes, they will. They have plenty of young talent. They have a lot of good pitching. Glasnow is going to be healthy. Yes. Best, uh, who needs um, two more? Maybe picking up the NASA and the American League, does Houston take a step back? 
Yes, but not because of the investigation or, and not because of everything that went on. I, I'm saying yes because Verlander's coming off of surgery. Um, they're, they're, they have a little bit of health concerns. So, yes, they will take a step back, but they'll still be very competitive. Last question. Um, who, who, who are your AL – actually, last question is a three-part question. Who's your AL MVP, your NL MVP, and World Series and World Series um, teams, and who do you think is going to win the World Series? Right, that's a four-part question. Uh, I might have to have you ask again, but I'll give you my MVPs first. So out of the AL, I'll go Mike Trout. Out of the for, again, and out of the National League, um, yeah, it's tough. Um, World, um, who do you have in the World Series, and who, do, who wins the World Series? Uh, I think you asked me that question earlier about Yankees. Yeah. I, I don't want to give any predictions, but I will say I think the Yankees will be right out there near the top. They got a lot of talent, and they're very healthy. Um, and as for the National League, yeah, you guys mentioned the Dodgers. I, I do think a team like. Um, a team like the Mets or, or someone could kind of squeak in and, and find some lightning in a bottle type thing. But um, on the National League, for the MVP, I guess I could go Christian Yelich. I don't know. It's so, it's so tough to pick right now because there's so many uncertainties. Well, that, well, thank you so much for the rapid fire. That was a great rapid fire. The George Springer answer did kind of hurt my soul a little bit, but other than that, though, you, you were great, man. Thank you again so much, man. And, um, we're really glad to have you on the show, man. Yeah, anytime, fellas. Take care and uh, have a good time. All right, you two men, be safe. All right. Well, that was Danny Vietti. He works for CBS Sports. Um, you know, I obviously apologize that James has a hearing problem because he kept trying to get predictions. And... <laughs> And, and and for some reason James doesn't doesn't understand what that means. So I uh I uh, sent you the screenshot of, of 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 what Jersey Mike's typed the other day. Did did you look at it? I got I just got it. Um, honestly, I think it's stupid. I think it's really stupid. Uh, I'm not for it. Cause now what now you're gonna see companies and businesses. Start and they got a lot, I mean a lot of backlash. Everyone right. saying we, we don't we don't ask for this. Everybody everybody and their mother is 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 retweeting it and tweeting at it. Can cancel Jersey Mike's. One guy literally Jersey Mike's, what are you doing? I'll never forget where I was when Jersey Mike's officially ended racism. Everybody is just coming and coming, so maybe maybe they'll end up canceling it. And <laughs> some person put up a meme, found a picture of Jersey Mike's PR team, and it's all white people. But saying saying something like that is just I don't get it. That was weird. Um, honestly, I I I was not feeling it. Uh, that was you know. Uh, uh, I don't know. That was just weird. But but anyways, though. But but anyways. Um, and um, it is it is what. 
Sorry, more importantly, everybody make sure you listen to tonight's new episode in GNT Sports Talk. Um, there's a Garrett Cole t-shirt giveaway, and Julian's gonna Julian's gonna ask some questions throughout the episode, or maybe at the end, maybe at the beginning, who knows? You just gotta make sure you listen, and if you get it correct, you get a nice Garrett Cole t-shirt. That is that is dope. I I honestly think people should start listening. If also, if you haven't listened to G and T, then I don't know what you're doing. So you better start listening to G and T. Um, um, Danny was great. Um, again, um, sorry, but you know I was trying to nudge, trying to tr- trying to like get him to, to go, but he you know he wasn't going. Um, Danny Danny's a good guy. Again, the. It hurt my. It, it still hurts my soul. To it still hurts my. Well, that's soul what happens. You tried to be slick. You try. You tried. You tried to have another sixty point night, but you were coming down the lane. You thought you had a bunny in the lane, and out of nowhere, pah! You got blocked you know, so hard. You know what it is? You cried. You know what it is? You know what it is? I was. I, I was egg with the I was like, yo, I'm about to win. I want to be back to back shit. You ever seen the movie Love Love and Basketball? I did actually. Great movie. Remember the part where the son, right? He 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 goes to the league and he never never plays, right? The Lakers put him in. He gets subbed in for Nick Van Axel. And what happened? He's he gets a steal. He's going down the lane, wide open dunk. He dunks, and what happens? He falls on himself. He gets hurt. That's what happens. So that's what you did. You tried to be extra cocky, and and you just tore your ACL, and you got screwed. Yeah, I was I was trying to be too cute. I was like, oh, let's go! Like I I dropped sixty. I I I dropped sixty points. I was hard, and I was like, oh, cool! I'm about to do another repeat performance. And out of nowhere, they just said, no, 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 not today. I was like, oh. And you being a little slick, you're like, ha ha ha. That's what you get. That's what you get. You know what you get. That's what you get. So. But wow. it is what it is. Um, this, 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 this was a great, this was a great show. Yeah, you, fun. you gotta hear the first twenty-three minutes. There was, there was fantastic questions, and it was, it was good content. Hope, hope everything's okay on your end, and uh. Everything, you know, we'll see. You know, it's okay when I took care of, but um, you know, we. Just open it's just okay when I took care of. Um, also, um, make sure you guys follow Grunt Talks. Follow, follow the great Grunt Talks and make book on a fan stuff. And maybe a lot of stuff with the MLB. Follow the great Julian Galati, Bobby Thompson, Nate with his show, the NR Hour. Some guy that does puck club. I don't know. He's cool. He's really, really cool. He's all right. Follow He's all right. Also, follow, don't forget to check out our podcast, The Sports Dudes. Uh, give us a follow. Where do we do our thing? Don't forget uh, also on Grunt Talks, the great Mike Scudero on Gapping Yankees. Give him a call. Give him a follow, actually. And lastly, also, if you're not checking out Ball Nine with the great Chris Vitale and, uh, and Catherine G- and Gertrude and, 
and Michael M. Torres, because I know I'm butchering a lot of names. Get him a follow too, because Chris is the big shot CEO. He's going to take me in the They follow, look at that, Chris. <laughs> Show. We'll be back again tomorrow. And as always, watch this and hold goodbye. It's time to say.